Okay. Are you ready? Are you done texting and everything? I'm not texting. During... I was I was uh, copying down the stats that I wanted to use because I'm also using my phone. I don't have my f- I won't have my phone during the recording, so I needed to write it down. Hold on a second. You have stats and you've come prepared. <laughs> No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Except Chirag. Happy January. Really? I thought we were going to open with Happy New Year. Let's do the Happy New Year first. No. Priorities. Happy January and Happy New Year. Happy January and Happy New Year. Obviously, this month is January, I guess is a better way to say it. Uh, basically, uh, and this is, it's a pretty... Sort of informal movement in a way uh, where all of us, including a lot of companies and everybody else, tries to encourage people to go more vegan this um, this month or to start out by going more vegan this month. And hopefully they, you know, fingers crossed, they continue it all through the year. What's been your veganuary experience, Hito? I'm sorry. I'm just a bit... Um, uh, I, just, I just thought of something the other day. I was online and somebody was so offended by veganuary. I guess automatically because, because just, I guess automatically the uh, veganuary ads come on your page. So I was right. doing my favorite thing, which is reading comments, and some guy was like, "Oh, we need to have like a, a deadly for February." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, because we need we need we need of that." The year yeah. is yours. Like, shut up. <laughs> People, I mean, like, let's be honest. Yeah, but let's be honest. I mean, even the for the for a lot of people, even January is a month. To, to indulge in all of December tends to be. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the issue is. Yeah. Well, my veganuary has been just another day in my life. It's <laughs> <Nothing laughs> funny. Fancy. Yeah, I was, telling, I was telling a friend something similar. They were like, oh, look at all this veganuary stuff. And I'm like, you, you know, I mean, <laughs> it feels like another day, really. Like, it's not something we're doing only for this month anyway, so... Yeah, um, it also doesn't work because we are in a complete lockdown. Oh, you were in a complete lockdown. Yeah. I when I said we, I meant people in the Netherlands. Right. Um, so that's one so, of those big things that happened in 2020, right? Like you. Sorry, I just wanted to. Jeez, <laughs> get over it. <laughs> uh, no, so. Uh, the people of Netherlands or Netherlands yeah. is in a lockdown. So yeah. I guess if you were, if there weren't a COVID or there weren't a lockdown, then you could have seen more companies and posters and it would have been more in your face if you were going out, eating out and things like that. But I haven't noticed right. much uh, apart from online. Yeah, it's a big thing online. Right, right. Um, but I guess you have some stats, right, to tell us. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this year, what uh, it's it's supposedly in the UK, especially, has been a record year. Um, so the I mean, this is purely pledges, right? So, but there have been five hundred thousand people have pledged to try out Veganuary this year, which is interesting. Um, and then in other countries, so there are about eighty thousand people in the US. Uh, there's one hundred and fifty thousand people in Latin America, which is so it's a combination of many countries, of mm-hmm. course, um, and some fifty thousand people in in Germany are sort of the different areas where people have uh, have pledged to try it veganuary, which typically is like at least seven days, but uh, we also encourage people to try it out for an entire month. So, I mean, from a from that point of view, and, and because this is the highest number that have pledged, I think it's an interesting thing. I mean, we've obviously been talking and seeing 
uh, sort of the awareness go up, uh, and especially because, in a way, because of last year, uh, we've seen a lot more, um, you know, at least people take some kind of interest and, or as you said, like it's kind of in your face a little bit at the moment. Um, so it's nice to see that uh, at least the awareness is on a high. Like, I mean, again, no idea whatsoever how many of these pledges are actually going to turn into um, actual attempts or anything. We stay optimistic about that. But I think it's just, it's just nice to see that the awareness is constantly going, going up. But I, I don't know. I feel like Germany numbers seem to be quite low. Because I know Germany or Western Even, even US, for me, even the US number seems low. What was the US number? Uh, 80,000. Oh, that's very little. Yeah. But again, this is, uh, to be fair, this is like the ones that have actually pledged within the Veganuary movement, right? So they, I mean, they might be doing things independently. Right. Well, in any case, I think positive news for the animals, lesser animals slaughtered. Mm -hmm. I, I, so the, the, if, you, if you're looking only in the UK, though, the number has doubled since the number of people who have pledged in January 2019, right? So in just... Two years time. So again, I, I would I do agree that it feels low, but I will point out that ultimately it's obviously this is these are people who are not vegans who are pledging to take on uh, some form of um, uh, being vegan in 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 January. So for that number and the fact that the number was only two hundred fifty k all of a couple of years ago, uh, this is a to me I take that as a, a sign of good awareness. Okay. Uh, one of us has to be optimistic, I guess. <laughs> uh, so over here, uh, obviously, you know, there, there have been a few announcements that have come out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, companies try to coincide sort of vegan-ish announcements uh, around January or at least leading into January, minus whatever they do in November for vegan month. Uh, so we've seen uh, I, I, the one the one that was interesting to me, uh, which I shared with you, uh, was the uh, Al Islami company, right? So they're they're there's huge uh, frozen food company here, right? Uh, primarily known for uh, frozen chickens and frozen meat, uh, a lot of like burgers and 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 those kind of things. They 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 were pretty much a mainstay at least growing up. They were a mainstay in the in the freezer sections of supermarkets. Uh, and they have launched a vegan burger, which is an entirely plant-based burger made from sunflower protein. Uh, so that was an interesting kind of uh, announcement to kick off January here, at least. Uh, there, were, there are a couple others, and I won't get into all of them, but we'll leave links in the show notes for some other announcements that came out. But, uh, but for me, that was kind of the big one. Kind of, to me, that's an indicator of, you know, a company that's as historic as Al-Islami, pretty much, uh, if I'm not wrong, their entire business is in the frozen meat section, if not... Uh, you know, over you know three quarters of it. Uh, so for them to enter that, that that's an it's an indicator of the kind of demand. Oh yeah, I remember you shared that article. I was quite pleasantly surprised because that's a brand name that you saw in um, most supermarkets. You grew up seeing that brand name on the yeah. shelf, um, especially in the frozen section. And uh, obviously, I grew up vegetarian, but I would see it when I would go buy ice cream. Yeah. So I was I was quite impressed by the fact that they've not made much noise about it as such, but they've actually just gone in, realized that there is a potential in the market and made the change yeah. uh, to adhere yes. to that demand. So I guess that's great. Yeah, and as far as I know, because normally like a lot of these companies sometimes, uh, and I mean, we've seen this with even like the McDonald's of the world, right? That they would generally be like, hey, we're coming out with this soon. Or they're kind of like kind of drumming up uh, this whole thing. Whereas in this case, it was just the announcement saying, hey, we've launched it. It's here, it's in the supermarkets, go get it. 
yeah. which is kind of nice as well, right? And and again, for me, um, you know, this is, I, I, again, I don't want to take other names, but this is like this is a very historic company in terms of the fact that they were um, a mainstay in the frozen food aisle, uh, primarily for meat. I mean, it's not that they haven't done like the odd veggie burger or whatever, but uh, so it's quite nice to see them catering to the demand or, or, or the fact that there is a recognition of the fact that there is a lot of people now, you know, requiring this and wanting this. And ultimately, this is what we talk about a lot, right, in terms of uh, allowing our wallets to, to uh, uh, what's the word I want here? Decide. Decide? Is that word? Uh, and ultimately, this is something we talk about. I mean, let me do that again without my hand up. I know. Um, <laughs> Finish that sentence. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, you know, and if I cut it here, it'll, my hand will come off my glasses while I do it. So that's not going to be great, is it? Anyway, um, and so uh, I think it's, it's uh, again, it goes back to something we, you know, we've talked about quite often on the show, right? In terms of allowing our wallets to kind of indicate uh, the kind of demand or, or the fact that our spending power can make help uh, or help, but like cause companies to, to make uh, decisions like these um, is, is a very good sign. I mean, I, I'm sure that they either... Uh, between sort of understanding what the market was asking for and looking at their own potential, uh, uh, potentially their own sales, right, of, of what's being bought uh, at a time like this would have made them make a decision like this because it's not something they've ever done before. True, I agree. Okay, so one of the things we're going to kind of talk about today is we're going to talk about the psychology of veganism. Uh, and so we're, we're kicking that off. Uh, so Ohito, why don't you actually first uh, start off by telling us where this idea came from? Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, the other day I was um, looking for some sort of vegan forums or seminars to attend and um, went on Eventbrite and I saw this one um, uh, online uh, digital forum about uh, the psychology of veganism. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I know we've kind of spoken about this in bits and pieces over different episodes. Um, but I thought maybe for Veganuary, fresh start, um, uh, fresh year, maybe we have some new listeners and maybe it would be good to kind of just bring all these ideas. Um, so that's what inspired me to probably um, speak about this. Maybe perhaps we can talk about the psychology behind veganism, but we can also speak about uh, when you are a non-vegan, what exactly is your mind going through and what are the main reasons that actually stop you uh, from taking the plunge, uh, as well as what are the main reasons that actually push you to take that plunge. So I thought that would be something interesting to talk about. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll bring a reference about this later because I was randomly watching an episode yesterday and it kind of came up. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but uh, so in terms of what you were mentioning, like some of the episodes, like or at least one of the episodes we've kind of talked about, this is the, the one where we talked about the advertising bit, right? Like how sort of like advertising and, and sort of society pressures uh, dictate, you know, what is OK and not OK in terms of these things and how that has an impact on that. But why don't uh, I mean, I'll let you kick off kind of what were some of the overlying um, or what were some of the bigger themes that came out of that uh, that talk? Well, obviously, there was a lot of uh, statistics and demographics, um, and um, there were some numbers. I don't have I don't have the uh, the final presentation with me, but whatever I recall is that we did speak uh, about how women tend to be more, um, uh, you know, prone to try veganism versus men, 
and uh, we've obviously spoken about the toxic masculinity part um, in one of our previous episodes. Yeah. And what exactly it is that makes women uh, more compassionate in general. Uh, and it's the same thing, right? As an animal rescuer as well, there are more women out there in this field than there are men. Yeah, or, um, or if you look at the vegan groups we have here, um, and and again, as you mentioned, like this is something we actually did like a men versus women kind of debate as well at one point, right? Uh, yeah. And then we saw the same, and we kind of tried to probe this a little bit to understand why is it yeah. that it's so... I mean, we're not talking like, you know, it's always 60-40. It's like 90-10 is what we yeah. see in terms of ratios in a lot of these groups. Yeah, so while the men are known to kind of progress the economy and bring in the money and get the jobs it's actually women who are um, going out there and making the society stronger on a more compassionate emotional level and uh, but again other than that uh, there were a lot of interesting insights on um, what really makes like I said what really stops a person from uh, going vegan and one of the main aspects of that is cognitive dissonance, right? So um, there's a very interesting talk um, that the lady did. She's a professor um, at one of the universities in the UK. And um, she mentioned that our brain basically has two systems. Uh, one is um, kind of like at the front. So it's more intuitive. It's more quick it's more like, okay, I have a problem in front of me. What's the first thing that comes to my mind to resolve it, right? Uh, but then there is another side of your brain uh, or your brain system, which is at the top, which is um, more rational. It's more explicit. It's more, you need to, you know, make a little more effort to kind of get into those thoughts uh, to see whether the decision that you need, need to make is correct or not. So most people who are at the verge of having information about veganism, their first thought is like, oh, my God, but I can't stop eating cheese. But, oh, my God, how can you ever ask me to give up my burgers? Right. That's their most intuitive, quick thought to that. And that's where they stop. And then they go back and they're like, no, 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 this is something that I can't do. Um, versus people who are like, yes, that's fine. But then I'm going to sleep over this information. I'm going to. Uh, try and do a little bit more in-depth searching and see what my rational brain says, right? So most people tend to use that part of the brain, which I thought was quite interesting. So it says actually most people go that way rather than the instant reaction, because the instant reaction way is what we tend to see most of the time. Exactly. So most people tend to go with the instant reaction, the right. intuitive uh, quick reaction. Uh, yeah, let's just find the easiest reason they can think of to say no to something like this yeah yeah and i guess like a lot of people also think that or rather mix up veganism with consumerism mm. um and it's it's not a consumerist attitude that a person needs to change right it's not about oh my god someone's asking me to stop buying chicken for my family right forever um i think it's just Beyond that, vegans are not vegans because they've decided to stop consuming chicken one fine day. But it's more of that. Um, I don't want to say it's a thin line because it is a very, very thick line and it's hard to kind of cross that line yeah. uh, due to social conditioning and a lot of other things. But if you have uh, 
understood the motive behind veganism, which is giving equal rights to other beings on this planet and acknowledging the fact that they suffer uh, as much as you do uh, in terms of physical pain, in terms of mental pain, in terms of fear, in terms of um, happiness, anything else. And if you give that kind of right to animals, there is no way that you would want to eat that kind of food again, because then you know it comes from an animal, right? Um, in fact, on the other hand, people are constantly like, oh, but how, how, how are you not eating cheese? Oh, but do you not miss eating meat? And mm. it's not only about me not missing it, but it's also about when I look at it, when I pass that aisle in the in the supermarket, I'm abhorred by it. Like, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, this comes from an animal because now I finally opened my uh, top part of the brain, which is the rational part. And now I can't look back. Now I can't unlook it. You know, I can't unsee it. Um, so yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a big motivator. I mean, if you remember uh, when we, um, so this would have been, when we started the show, soon after we started the show, you know, we got our hands on the, the vegan egg, right? From um, Follow Your Heart. And uh, I remember like it, it had been quite like, we were looking for it and couldn't get a hold of it, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, it finally showed up over here. Um, and I remember, I think you had gotten it from Abu Dhabi, if I'm not wrong. Um, and it was one of those really weird things where like, you know, by that point, I think I had been doing it for about four months or maybe even slightly longer than that. And as someone that used to eat eggs pretty often, uh, was like a big, I was very excited by it, I remember. And I got it and I made it the first day and I was like, wow, like, you know, this is something that like comes pretty close. It, it kind of, I can feel like I'm recreating something that's cool. I had it a second morning and I just never wanted to eat it again. And I realized that actually I had lost the taste for enjoying that. I'm not, not saying I lost the taste for eggs, but lost the taste for enjoying that because that flavor is kind of linked to that. Now, this is not to say that like, I'm not exploring, uh, you know, cooking with jackfruit or like uh, trying out a, a mock meat or a mock meat burger every now and then. But this is just the fact that like the when when people do ask this question because they do ask it to me quite often, so don't you miss eating cheese? And actually, I'm like, I, I don't, I, I don't miss eating cheese. Yes, it has significantly helped that you get a lot of like dairy-free cheese now that uh, can can take care of things like a pizza, which is primarily where my cheese needs <laughs> kind of start and end in a way. Uh, but uh, so, th so those things help, but I'm not going out craving cheese. I'm not going out craving uh, those things that I used to eat a few years ago, uh, simply because that's not what I want to do. Yeah. And I guess uh, the interesting point over here is that people don't realize that cheese can be addictive. And that's the reason that they feel compelled to ask this question that how can you not eat cheese? Like it's such a big deal. It's because um, I guess when we were vegetarians and if somebody told us you can't have cheese, that would have been like, oh my God, how come, you know? And I still have that. Like you said, pizza, pizza has to have cheese. Otherwise it's just, you're still more open-minded with that. You're like, you it's would try an experiment. <laughs> yeah, you would yeah. Try, but you would try an experiment and yeah. still call it a pizza. I wouldn't call anything without cheese or pizza but it's it's more of a concept than the taste yeah like you can just put some i don't know processed um and flavored tofu on it and i still need to see that cheese thing but that's more of a mental image but i don't miss the taste of cheese because now my body has um been uh, used to not having that addictive casein casein is uh the ingredient that actually messes with your brain and that's the addictive ingredient um, that 
is hard to give up, right? And that's why a lot of people go into a complete shock when they realize that they're supposed to give up that particular product. It's not, it's not mental. It is science. It is physical. They actually feel the withdrawal symptom automatically when somebody speaks about giving that thing up. Uh, and I don't want to be held by a particular food product that I'm absolutely so addicted to that I can never give it up. I'm quite addicted to junk food. I wouldn't lie, but there are days now where I make conscious effort of not eating junk food, of not eating potato chips. Yeah. Well, uh, you can't just slip that in the middle of shit. Like, no, no, <laughs> this has to be its own category subtopic, man. Come on. <laughs> I just made, um, I just made a loaded sweet potato with quinoa and no, it wasn't quinoa. It was millet and um, spinach and I don't know, just your kind okay. of food. And then at the end, I was like, no, 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 this is... This okay, there was, is, this first is of all, there was no need to drag me into this. There was no I need to drag me into this. I some cheese on top because... <laughs> okay, fair enough. Slow transition. Why not? It's in um, your honor. It didn't sound homage. like it was in... It, was, it didn't sound like it was in homage at all. Also, look at you going homage. What has <laughs> happened to you? Who are you? <laughs> I'm just sitting at home and watching a lot of TV. Clearly, okay, that's what, okay, that, 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 help, that helps. <laughs> I, I now have a playlist called Recipes on my YouTube library, okay? This is big news. <laughs> this is very big. I did this, like I said, this needed to be its own cat- subcategory. We have to do an entire episode of this, so, you know. That's what, so <laughs> next episode is going to be, like, how your eating habits have changed. Okay, but in that case, you have to pay me, because now this is about my personal life, and it's not for sale. It is for sale, I meant. <laughs> <laughs> this entire it's podcast not, I wouldn't is about say you. it's not this, or I Right, but this this entire podcast is about your personal life, by the way. What? This entire podcast is about your personal life. How come? When did that happen? You being vegan is a very personal choice you've made with your life. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> It's not a personal choice. Stop it. You're killing everything that we've done so many years. It's a choice that everyone should make. It's no, no, right but, no, but it's about your personal life, right? It's not about your professional life. I'm just going to pretend that we didn't have this conversation because there's a lot I'd like to say over here. Okay, so, so yeah, so I guess that kind of cognitive dissonance is something that majorly stops people from turning into a vegan and... Um, yes, food is one of the most important aspects of it. And uh, companies that are um, producing non-vegan food do not make it any easier. Um, that's why I guess we call a pig a dead pig bacon or we call a dead cow beef. Uh, we give them these nine, uh, these, uh, sorry, these disassociated names um, to kind of create the feeling that they're not eating animals. And that's the line that uh, people who really want to look at veganism should cross. Cross. Uh, people. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's funny you're talking about naming, right? Because we we kind of touched on this last year, right? There was this kind of debate in the EU about how like almond milk should not be called milk uh, because that's you know that's misleading apparently. Uh, but yeah. I guess cow's milk can be called milk, right? So. <laughs> yeah, but just the term milk, right? Yeah, it's yeah, the name I mean. that you've given. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's quite interesting. Um, but then again, there, there are certain aspects to why people turn vegan. Mm. 
Um, and I think the first, I don't know about, about you, but for me, the first thing was awareness, which basically kickstarted this journey, right? So for me, it was hardcore graphic images, videos, um, just realizing that, okay, I, I never really ate animals, but I did consume animal products. I did consume eggs and dairy, and I wasn't aware of factory farming for a very long time. But when I did, I, was, I just couldn't get myself to consume it anymore. I just couldn't give myself a certain justification. And this is what we do when we find something uncomfortable, right? Yeah. People eat meat because nobody, everyone wants to call themselves an animal lover. Everyone thinks that they're an animal lover. Nobody says that, oh my God, I hate animals. Yeah. Um, and when you say that nobody wants to accept the fact that you are um, indulging indirectly or directly in animal cruelty when you are eating animals, mm. they don't want to associate that with them being animal lovers, right? And I considered myself an animal lover and I was rescuing cats and dogs and had pets and things like that. And then I was like, if I'm never going to do this to my dog or my cat, I'm not going to do this to any other animal, right? So I had to make that association of domesticated farm animals with my pets to be able to give myself um, that kickstart into veganism. Yeah, and again, I mean, you know, this is something that is not only a cognitive dissonance that we all carry, but it's continually propagated as well, right? So the idea that like a, a cat is sweet and a dog is man's best friend and therefore you see outrage over a dog festival, but you don't see the same kind of outrage when it comes to or, for example, when, when there was the controversy f quite a few years ago about horse meat being one of the ingredients in, in burger meat and that creating a, an outrage in the, in, in the U.S., for example, where horse meat is, is uh, illegal, at least in, in many states. And that creating a different kind of outrage, whereas this, you know, but nobody had the conversation to be like, yeah, but we're talking about mixing that with other, another animal's meat anyway. Um, and so, you know, so the, those kind of like odd uh, associations, as you said, like they're, they're also further propagated by, by everything we see around us in, in every aspect, right? So in terms of uh, what is a cute animal, what's not, what can be, you know, like a, a chicken is also a bird and a parrot is also a bird, but a parrot is a pet and a chicken is not, right? Um, and then we see the same with pigs and so on. So there, there is this like weird kind of thing where somebody has decided at some point that these animals are okay to eat because we can farm them and, <laughs> and deliver their meat in little nice little packaging. Uh, where, so therefore this is good and that's not. Yeah. So what, what was your uh, motivation to go I mean, we've, we've spoken about this, uh, like a long, long time ago, but I mean, uh, for me, it was a combination of. Actually, fundamentally, it was just two things. It was talking to you, uh, because I, I'd been vegetarian for a little while at that point. Um, funnily enough, my, my going vegetarian at the time was not motivated necessarily by uh, anything particular outside of the fact that I was, just, I was used to it. Uh, but I found that I couldn't go back to it or I was getting uncomfortable walking through those aisles and stuff. And I think that that manifested itself. Uh, so one of the things, as I said, that happened, I think, a few months before I went vegan was you went vegan. And so we, you and me were having uh, quite a few conversations. You were explaining to me some of the rationalizations you had, and uh, not rationalizations, but the, the reasoning you had behind, uh, behind doing so and how you were getting, I remember you were very, very, uh, feeling very, very guilty about consuming even accidentally uh, something with dairy in it or whatever. Uh, and then there was uh, this incident in India, right? Where as a mark of protest, somebody um, 
slaughtered a, a, a calf uh, to make a point and i just remember watching those kind of visuals on tv and feeling like i actually i mean outside of my thoughts which kind of materialized over a couple of days i just couldn't drink milk uh, and you know milk was something i had added to my diet uh, at some point uh, as i you know, was not a heavy milk drinker but it was something i used to have with my morning coffee and uh, i just i remember the next morning not being able to do, like looking at that bottle and thinking like no i i don't want to drink this uh but uh, as the thoughts sort of materialized i realized that you know one of these the 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 standout factor for me from that incident was the fact that somebody thought that it was perfectly okay to do that um as a mark of protest which makes very little sense to me but anyway the 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 beheading and so on was done on live television um and then you know these they they paraded the head of the calf around and it was just one of those things it was even a cow it was a calf so that i just made it worse uh now i'm not saying it was it would have been better if it was a cow but i'm just saying it just was that much worse that uh, you know you took the child of an animal and just killed it as a mark of protest and i was just like you know we would not do that to a human in fact if that had happened to a human like <laughs> you know he would have probably been put to the death penalty for the kind of gruesomeness of the crime to do that on live television in this manner or anything like that i mean there have been unfortunately there have been uh, uh, live telecast beheadings and things like that have happened and we call them terrorists right um so just for me that that was that like sort of light bulb moment that i had where i was like wait a minute we have somehow created this uh, environment for ourselves where it is apparently okay to do that that it's it's not that people weren't outraged when it happened but it was uh the fact that we just looked at it as a piece of news to be like oh wow that was crazy and to move on and and i couldn't yeah i mean let alone a human child they wouldn't even the world would have been outraged had that been a puppy or a kitten yeah, uh, yeah exactly um and then there are obviously laws in place for torturing certain animals and things like that and I'm I'm assuming that that person wasn't booked under any charges. Uh, he no he? no he he was actually I think but it, but it wasn't a it wasn't exactly an animal cruelty thing because there isn't one I think there is a general animal cruelty law which uh, I think was applied in that but actually it was mostly applied because it was a uh whatever disturbing harmony type of situation uh which was which was anyway the point of that protest. So I didn't realize that I was responsible for you turning vegan. So you definitely played a part, yes. So I'd like to accept this award. I was going to pick up a plastic bottle, but Chirag said don't. So I'm just going to pick up this candle. So what would be the point of cutting it out if you're going to mention it anyway? Because I have to mention it how <laughs> how you treat me. Okay. A plastic bottle. The animals come been, first. I have been using this plastic Doesn't bottle matter. for the last one Doesn't year. That's it good. Uh, that's good. But like still. It's not about how I treat you. I'm treating you just like I'm treating the animals just as importantly. That's the point. So I'm just going to pretend like Chirag doesn't exist, and I'm going to continue giving my speech. Uh, I'd like to thank nobody but me because I'm awesome, and uh, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, I guess I can thank my cats uh, and all the pets that I've owned. Uh, owned. If you can say it when you say you're a pet owner, so you have to be a pet guardian. um okay so uh whatever all my pet companions from the past who motivated me to not use animal products 
And um, I guess you guys are just lucky to have me. Um, I know, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There so, you go. I have somebody who agrees. I have to point out that if you start something by saying, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to pretend like Chirag doesn't exist and then accept my award for turning him vegan, but I don't exist. So. You don't exist like now when I'm giving my speech. But um, then you can't accept a speech for doing something to me if I don't exist. Thank you everyone for coming to my TED talk. It was an award acceptance speech. <laughs> 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 um, you're not giving me that. So now it's just a TED talk. <laughs> Good point. Um, yeah, I guess when when you have that awareness and you've decided and you made the decision and you just cannot look at animal products the same way as you used to, that's half the battle won anyway. Uh, and I guess then it's just about preparing yourself. For me, I just cut out all the animal products. I couldn't do a slow transition because... That would have never worked. I would always have a day where I'm like, okay, maybe on Tuesdays I'm just going to allow myself and this and that. But that would, because now I was doing it for my morals, it wasn't okay for me to eat animal products one day of the week uh, because it obviously did not make any sense. Um, so I decided to cut out all animal products overnight. Uh, and I have to be honest, the first month was hard. Uh, you're a bit lost. You spend more time in the supermarket re reading ingredients. You still do, but now you're just used to it. Um, and, uh, I guess your taste buds are still kind of craving for all the addictive stuff that you had been eating. And then a month, month and a half passed. And then now it's like, I, it was so easy. Like it was all the stuff that you'd read online about how, how am I going to live without eggs? How am I going to live without milk? And how am I going to never eat dairy in my life? And I don't miss any single bit of dairy in my life at all. In fact, if somebody's eating cheese around me, the smell kind of makes me nauseous, you know, and there's a strong uh, cheese smell. Uh, and I'm just like, how, how, how can you eat this? I don't think I can ever eat this. I'm never um, kind of attracted to it as such. So I guess once you do that, then life is easy for you and the animals. Yeah. And I think for me, uh, it was kind of a transition as well. So it did take a little while. Um, I think it took me almost three months before I, I started feeling a little bit what I would call normal uh, in in that sense anyway. But uh, but one of the things, as you mentioned as well, like uh, it, it, it was a very fast transition for me. Like I gave up dairy instantly. Like that incident was like pretty key. Um, and and, I, and I, it was like, it was an instantaneous thing. I didn't want to eat dairy. I think there was some cheese that came in uh, when I went out with people and stuff and it was just something... I was at a I was at a phase where I was not ready. I didn't feel like I wanted to have actually have a conversation about it or or why I was doing something or whatever. And it was just easy to just be like, okay, I'm just gonna let this one meal slide. But I found myself feeling pretty guilty the next morning that I had done that and I couldn't stand up and just talk about it. Uh, that anyway, all of this stuff kind of eventually settled off. Uh, the other problem I had as well was kind of my breakfast went to nothing for a little while. Because uh, eggs were generally, eggs, toast, and that kind of thing were generally, or co coffee with milk were generally my um, my go-to breakfasts. And so uh, the coffee bit, it's fine. I mean, I enjoy black coffee. It wasn't a big deal. But uh, but I just found myself like, I'm going to say, oh, I'm just left with toast now. <laughs> so what do I eat for breakfast? Uh, and um, also realizing that, um, you know, I think as much as there is a... Uh, 
there's a change. Obviously, you're making a, a very significant change to your diet. Uh, one of the things that uh, does that happens just consequentially when you remove dairy from your diet is you actually take out a lot of calories, right? So a lot of cheese, a lot of cream. I mean, not a lot, but whatever. Any cream, any cheese, any dairy inside something else. Butter. Uh, uh, butter. I mean, okay, I wasn't the big butter person anyway, so it was okay, but... Uh, a lot of any, any any kind of cheese format, right? Whether it was a pizza, whether it was a sandwich, or whatever, right? And so suddenly, if you're eating everything, just removing the cheese, uh, you're actually taking out a bit, pretty big component and a pretty big fat component out of your diet. And so one of the things that I had to deal with uh, quite as a quite an adjustment was then uh, finding myself feeling sluggish and lethargic at the end of the day because I was just not eating enough, or my body was not used to this lower sort of significantly lower calorie count. Uh, in its day-to-day. So I think that was for me like one of the big things that it took me actually a while to even realize that I was doing that because I just kind of moved, stopped eating it, uh, gave up eggs quickly after. And then um, what I found myself uh, or what I found happening was just uh, like a a month later, I was just like, why am I tired all the time? Like what's happening? Um, and, uh, and it, it just hit me at one point that there's actually like this whole thing about like the calorie count had changed so significantly that I needed to actually bump my meals up. Right. So I was kind of snacking a bit more and kind of making compensations for that, uh, until I felt a, a lot better adjusted, which is the case now. But I guess you used to eat a lot of healthy meals and then you would have a little bit of dairy with it, um, in this case, cheese, like you'd make um, a healthy meal and then sprinkle some cheese on it or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, yeah, but it was also like, so that, that used to be like, for my dinners were always light like that, right? But, you know, you're out and about during the day, uh, your daytime eating used to be, my, my daytime eating used to be a bit erratic. And also it would be like, even if I, you know how it, you know how it was. I mean, now it's, of course, it's better, but you still run into this problem here. Like you, you go and do a grab and go sandwich and the vegetarian option is either like mozzarella and pesto or like halloumi and like a couple of veggies, right? You don't actually have a proper vegan option. And then sometimes yeah. the vegan options here tend to be like, well, I guess we'll just stuff some potato in here or sweet potato in here because clearly that's what I want to be eating inside bread. Um, I'm I'm down with the hummus anyway, so it's cool. All the time, everything. Oh, oh my God, there's hummus overload after. But like a... <laughs> Why does everything but have hummus? Because they don't know what to do with the, with that component, right? And I, that's that's what I mean. Like, so um, there, there used to be like that cheese component used to stay because it used to be in almost any sandwich that I would be eating. Uh, so that that's where I think I saw like that drop. Uh, that and the I guess the morning coffee, which had like quite a bit of dairy. Or I'd be out and I'd have a latte uh, or a nice latte, which again is predominantly milk. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, those are the changes that we mainly made. And then I guess there were smaller changes about what we wear, what we use. That weren't very hard to kind of um, transition into. I think food was a major thing. But um, I guess in the end, what really for both of us, maybe I can take the liberty to speak for both of us is that associating our food with a life is what kept us going and what keeps us going. Um, and that's why there's never any need for, oh my God, I should stop this because I have a brain fog or, um, things like that. Oh, no, because... We're not going to let her go or we're not going to let her get off that, are we? No, never. Um, 
No, I think, by the way, yeah, I mean, it's a good point that you mentioned, and I wanted to bring it up to, um, you know, ultimately, and we, we make this differentiation quite often, there's a difference between eating a plant-based diet and being vegan. Um, and I think that that's something also that we've tried to bring about on the show quite a lot, and we tried to share a lot. Um, it was also something that changed for me as a person. Uh, not anyway, you know, just culturally, we don't really get involved in a lot of leather anyway. Uh, but it was still kind of not something I was actively looking at, right? So as much as I don't like have like a plethora of leather shoes or anything, but I did have a belt. I, I mean, my watch used to be leather. Those kind of things did exist, right? And it was also making that change to be like, okay, well, I have this, that's fine. But any future purchases, um, I want to make sure I don't do that. So, I mean, now again, uh, life is a little easier. You have brands like Call It Spring and so on that actually not only are have vegan lines where they're entirely vegan uh but a lot of others as well they're they're nice about um you know marking in in their stores or even online especially now that, that's pretty much where everything's been happening uh talking about what their products contain talking about whether or not they're cruelty free um you know especially with clothing and stuff like that or sustainable um, so we're starting to see more and more of that labeling come through. And so definitely, I mean, I'm I'm someone that will always look to make sure that if I can find out, um, there, there are some practicality things that uh, maybe still avoid, like not fully avoidable. But for the most part, I mean, I'm always, yeah, like you said, it takes a little extra time and not just in the grocery, but anywhere. Every time we try to do something. Um, I think I, I had this conversation with you, right? Like I was trying to buy a pair of shoes and... Um, I kind of spotted it, really liked it, and saved up to get it. And when I went to get it, I realized that um, there was an element of leather in it. And I was like, well, that's, I don't want that anymore. Uh, and so the, the hunt continued. The same thing happened with the bag I wanted. And um, again, you know, it's very, very difficult to find a messenger bag that's not leather. And so that took its own sweet time uh, to find. I mean, now again, you do find a lot of like cruelty-free leather options. Uh, we saw a couple of companies in India uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it takes a little effort, but, uh, and sometimes with certain things, like I said, you know, where you don't, you're not used to it or the companies are not really advocating it so much, uh, you do find that a bit hard, but it's nice at least, I mean, I know in Dubai and I know I'm sure over there as well, in most parts of the world, uh, we're starting to see more and more adequate labeling being put into place. Yeah. Not just food. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's it then. That's all we had for today. Uh, and um, people who are still contemplating or are curious or are even against veganism, just think about what we've spoken. Um, see if you can find any rationale behind some of the things that we've said. Uh, try out Veganuary if you want to. Um, I mean, I guess your body will thank you for it, if nothing else. Uh, and um, yep, be compassionate and be kind. Yeah, and uh, yeah, have, have a happy 2021. Uh, reach out to us, of course. You can contact us on the .2.vegans on Instagram, or also, on, of course, on Facebook and other other places. Uh, so yeah, we'd love to hear what you guys are doing for Veganuary. We'd love to hear if there are questions you have about adopting Veganuary, and alternatively, or hopefully, adopting a vegan lifestyle as well. Ethel gets very excited when people ask her questions. Yeah, and please don't go online and ask for delivery or crap like that. Like, <laughs> just, just don't embarrass it yourselves. All right. So it's going to be our tagline for 2021. Like our, our goodbye phrase. Yeah. 
I'm allowed to I'm allowed to ask you one stumped question, right? Okay, I'm stumped. Goodbye. Sayonara. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>